Hello. Hello. How's it going, Karate people? Welcome to another episode of Homodojo Podcast. Welcome, welcome. This is Rue speaking Us. with me. <laughs> yeah, right, this is Rue. <laughs> speaking with me, Ross. <laughs> Hold on a second. Just uh, <clears throat> loading up. Oh, yours didn't make a nice didn't sound. Didn't make a nice noise, no. Ugh, got to have the, the podcast got, beer. Got to get strapped in, in, you know, folks. Ugh. Can't expect us to do this sober. <laughs> Traditional martial arts. <laughs> okay, so today we've got our talking points all sorted out. Um, so we don't have a special guest with us today. Unlike the, you lucky devils with the last few episodes. So we're, we're just going to talk about our opinions about stuff, basically. Again, yeah, as per usual. So we just had a nice a nice retraining session, as we do every Friday, with a young tag, um, where we just put on the gloves, the big gloves, the boxing gloves. <gasps> I hear all the traditional cry people <laughs> gasping already. <gasps> so we put on the big boxing gloves and we have a wee knock at the pads and a bit of sparring, a bit of heavy contact. Mouth guards in, mm-hmm. with bard mm-hmm. sparring. Um, Clips of which will soon appear on the HDKI Instagram uh, account. HDKI Karate, look us up. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we've got a Facebook page as well. Please check it out. But we decided to talk about <coughs> cross training with other martial arts yeah. because what we were doing up there, you could consider it kind of a heavy form of karate. Yeah. But I mean, you know, maybe some people call that kyokushin, but then again, in kyokushin, you're not allowed punch to the face. And you could call it kickboxing, but we were throwing some knees, some elbows. You could call it Muay Thai, but it just wasn't Muay Thai. I mean, it's just a... What were we doing? I think we were... Because the three of us do karate, I think it was karate. Yeah. But without that sort of strict kihon, strict point scoring form, I think it was just a bit more like a free form of karate. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of like you would do at your grading committee karate, where it's not about being pretty and clean. Like, you want your techniques to be as clean as possible, but... If somebody's in really close, you're not worried about throwing street punches. You're not pr- worried about how pretty your punches look. You're not worried too much about the distance. You're just trying to crack them, you know? It felt a lot like the dojo kumite we do in the mornings, except being padded up, you know, having the gloves on, the mouth guard in, the shin pads on. It was a bit easier to be relaxed. Yeah, because, I mean, not only are you not worried so much about getting a, a smack, you're also less worried about control in the sense that you know that if you just you know let your technique fly a little bit you know it's cushioned you're not in danger of cutting anyone open bursting anyone's face open or anything like that which tends mm-hmm. to happen when you're going bare knuckle mm-hmm. and bare foot and shin like we do in the mornings you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have to really be wary of your control because it's so easy to do damage to someone without any protective gear on especially like without mouth guards I remember one time sparring without my scar, like all my you know, I mean, Rue can testify to this now all the my front teeth are all chipped from you know just from people like just from banging into people not necessarily getting a hit but just mm. you know somebody's shoulder ca- catching my jaw or something mm-hmm, we're in, mm-hmm. getting too close and my teeth rattle together and bits of your teeth go flying you know <laughs> you know I'd, I heard this TED talk just the other day by a former WWE guy yeah. you know a pro wrestler and can you name the wrestler this is, they, this, this is a, this is a test of how cool Rue was back <laughs> at school <laughs> no I can't remember his first name but he went to, uh, before he was a pro wrestler he had been to Harvard uh, Harvard uh, University uh, whatever they call it he'd been to Harvard so his nickname as a wrestler was like Johnny Harvard or the Joe Harvard, Harvard man, his three. angle was that he was privileged and uh, and a bit posh 
So he was the poshest WWE pro wrestler. Anyway, he had a TED talk all about um, the dangers of uh, concussions. And uh, apparently, you know, it's a lot... Getting hit in the head, like, people don't exactly take it lightly. But it's a lot more serious than you think. And anybody doing contact sports should be a lot more careful about it than than the culture currently is. Um, they examined the brains of... I think 400 NFL players and something like 90% of them had this disease which has only recently been discovered which is a result of suffering several concussions throughout your life and it's a degenerative disease disease that leads to dementia leads to all kinds of awful stuff it's in that Will Smith movie concussion yeah I haven't seen it <laughs> you know, I've seen it it's, no. it's, it's about the, the doctor who discovered it and the NFL tried to cover it up for a long time Ooh. so they, they knew they've known about that for a very long time it's not a recent discovery it's only recently been outed it's a conspiracy you know? but they've been doing it there's been for a long time and it's and it's yeah NFL is probably the worst one because yeah. the the argument is oh they're padded up they wear the helmets and stuff like that but it doesn't do anything to protect the brain whatsoever because yeah. it doesn't matter like how much padding you put in your head your brain's still rattling about in there you know and that's so if you're doing contact sports folks if you're kickboxing or practicing some Muay Thai be careful if you get concussed take it seriously Eddie like I love that the Instagram of you know the Mick Dojos yeah and it shows you like you know these you know these like as McDojo's are like these like you know very unprofessional gyms where they have people standing still take, getting used to taking punches in the face and it's like that's just like what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> that's just no. the worst thing you could do. Not um, a good idea. But so that's maybe one of the drawbacks to for us very good controlled karate guys doing heavy contact martial arts is that you know we don't want to start getting rattled in the head mm-hmm. every day. You know mm-hmm. that isn't good for you. So what martial arts have you tried, Ross Sensei, apart from Shotokan Karate Do? I've done a bit of everything there. Uh, I've done jujitsu. I've done Muay Thai. I've done boxing. I've done like a crossbreed. Like I've done MMA back in Scotland. Um, I've tried a bit of. I've tried just a bit of anything except with the, the ones I haven't done. Like I haven't done any Taekwondo. It's probably the only one. But huh. um, I think uh, yeah, I've had a good mix uh, to the point where um, certain things when we do like applications and in, in CAD stuff like that, I can definitely you know see how what things work and what things wouldn't work in terms of grappling mm-hmm. and stuff when because it's some, not something we practice a lot in Shotokan so having that nice jiu-jitsu background that MMA background I've, I've done some Olympic style wrestling as well oh, cool. which is by far the top like I, I tried that up in Blanchestown actually with Ignis mm-hmm. um, and that the warm up nearly killed me man Ignis <laughs> is a brown purple belt student of, of the dojo brown belt, yeah, brown, belt brown belt student of the dirty, dojo fantastic yeah. guy yeah lovely guy yeah. Um, but we, we went up and tried that up near his place and that was super tough yeah. Um, but yeah like I think you have the grappling stuff definitely like something that I would recommend everyone to try at least uh, at least try and get some knowledge in grappling especially if you're into your applications if you're into doing bunkai of karate because it is all in there mm-hmm. there is a lot of that stuff which has been forgotten and I think that if you you're, you know your stuff um, you'll find a lot of fun and interesting ways to apply certain kata techniques on, uh, into close quarter so besides an insight into bunkai, what else has your cross training brought to your karate? Um, I think uh, an understanding of, uh, I think a better understanding of things like distance in terms of what can work and what can't work. Like one of the the best things about karate is that 
we fight at a very long range, like especially in Shotokan, you know, uh, I think Simon Bly since he once told me we take the range from Kendo, you know, our, like that sort of sword yeah, fighting yeah, range, yeah. we fight at that, that same range that they, that they use in Kendo over in Japan, that's where our competition range comes from, hmm. um, that's why we're so far apart, and as a result of that, karate people tend to be really good at covering distance really fast, they're very explosive when they're going forward, blitzing forward and straight mm-hmm, lines, mm-hmm. very good, um, but I think that the drawback is that when it gets in really close, people don't really know how, what to do mm-hmm. when they're in those close quarter things. And even in the sport world, sport and karate world, where some of the best karate fighters are, they tend to stand chest to chest, and they can throw. They have some lovely throws, like Rafael Agiev has some excellent judo, and uh, he has an excellent judo background, so you can apply that some of the takedowns and stuff in that sport karate element. But you're not allowed to really strike in that close distance because it turns into hooks and uppercuts ah. and things like that and elbows and knees and that stuff that's not allowed in competition so that doesn't really get practiced a lot across mm. the board it, it's all tends to be related around that sort of point scoring karate and I think that doing stuff like Muay Thai where you clinch all the time doing things like boxing where you're working on the inside you know almost forehead to people's chests you know hooks and uppercuts and, and close I think that that's really valuable in terms of how to be able to fight at multiple distances rather than just that set Shotokan competition style distance I see I see I see I was hoping you were just going to mention your Chudan Mawashigiri my Chudan Mawashigiri yeah. well, well, that, that comes from that comes from hitting pads a lot oh yeah and that's one of, that's one other thing that I think cross training gives you is that in karate we do a lot of kihon training we do a lot of partner training in terms of you know our gohon committee or ju upon kihon upon mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or uh, ju committee but we don't really hit pads a lot as much as other martial arts like muay thai as soon as you go into a muay thai class the first thing you're going to do is okay pair up one person get the pads on the oh, other one yeah. get the gloves on and away you go and you just do that for like maybe even an hour of just mm-hmm. pad work where you're just doing a round on round off back and forth and it's just certain, co- you'll just do a combination for a round and then change another combination for a round and change, change. I did um, Muay Thai for about three months when I was living down in Cork. And uh, that's literally all I got to do. Yeah. Pad work. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't day after day, week after week. I was just hitting pads. And I thought, there's something to be said about that. Walking into a place and just learning how to hit hard. Yeah. Or, well, I suppose in that particular club it didn't get a lot it was a big club there were lots of people there guys getting ready for competitions all the time I hardly got a look and didn't really get much uh, uh, instruction but uh, after a few weeks I was certainly hitting the pads harder than I was when I first started so that's something I suppose and uh, yeah pad work I think our dojo probably does a bit more pad work than most I, I definitely when I'm teaching I definitely try and put pad work in there you know again but I I could go like a month and just talk about technique talk about you know what we're doing in kata and kion and stuff and you never really apply it to pad until one day you're like these like the classes and getting it you know to help them get it get the pads out and Mm -hmm. then even then it's not like you won't do a class of just hitting pads you'll do a a technique that you're working on and Mm -hmm. then you'll say okay do this while you're hitting this pad Mm -hmm. and you know try and see what you're being taught like see how it works Mm -hmm. you know whether like we do a lot of like practice on driving off the back leg when we punch yakazuki or oizuki or kazamzuki like we do a lot of back leg drive and whenever we're talking about back leg drive it it helps a lot when we get like a focus pad out one person holds the focus pad on their Mm -hmm. on their uh, chest or on their stomach and the other person tries to drive and hit that pad hard but even then you're not doing like 
combination work. That's it. We're just focusing on one technique at a time. Yeah. You're not throwing out combos, like yeah. switching combos. Yeah. Because that's the way we train here. We focus on a principle, right? We yeah. come up with an exercise that focuses on one of the principles that yourself or Scott Sensei is trying to teach, and then we isolate that and use the pads to hone in on that. Whereas traditional pad work, is le- at least as it exists in boxing, Muay Thai, Kyokushin, I suppose, um, just like knocking out combos on the pads and getting the sweat up and getting strong. I mean, that's it. And I think that, like you were talking about Chiramawashi, one of the things when I came over here the first time in, in competitions and stuff, like it had been, uh, I think, a year since I'd competed in karate competitions when I first came here. I remember the first competition back, every fight, this Chiramawashi was catching everyone, catching everyone, because that was the one, like every combination we finished, like we finished every combination in the MMA class I was doing before I moved here with that Ash, like it was always you know whatever five punch combination elbows knees whatever it was and then as the pad holder takes a step out mm-hmm. you boom Ash, and then reset and that was like your so go-to finish finishing moves universal finisher to every combo it just became habitual for me mm-hmm. and that and it's something that I, I could throw it and like my shins and everything were conditioned to t- to, to hitting because i was hitting with shins instead of end steps so when i was throwing i was going through people's blocks really easily like they couldn't really stop it and it was the foot was you know sneaking right round to the back really yeah. nicely and and yeah that it was working for me in terms of the competition style of doing things that works for me when we're sparring and stuff um another thing is we we jabbed all the time like lots of just like fast paced jabs i think now Makazamazuki is really fast and yeah. it tends to work all the time like yeah yeah i was talking to my uh, so this morning i was uh practicing some kickboxing with my brother who's been kickboxing for I think nearly a year now and he came into the dojo to show me some stuff and we were just we were just he asked me what my goals were when it comes to sparring and I said I just want to be able to stand in front of a person and know I can know I can handle it know that whatever come whatever's coming I won't flinch as much as I do now and I was thinking about you and the way I can come in with a flurry and I'm going to like, all right, I'm going to go fast. I'm going to throw five punches. Here I come. And Ross just goes, oh, here comes Rue. Step back, step back. Kazami. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, uh, yeah, that's cool, man. You're the Kazami, you, you look cool doing a Kazami. It <laughs> well, it's, it's developing that like relaxation, you know, inspiring. And I think that that it can be difficult because I think the biggest drawback when I started training and when I started sparring with Muay Thai guys in that gym were... Um, so used to the karate, the karate style, and and some dojos may try their best, especially traditional karate guys, try their best to get out of the competition way of doing things. Mm-hmm. But it tends to be so ingrained, especially over here in the West. I think that every every famous karate instructor over here was famous for competitions more than anything else. I don't mm-hmm. think there was any like. Like especially well, certainly in the UK and Ireland, I think yeah. you know Frank, the guys like Frank Brown, Terry mm-hmm. O'Neill, you know, uh, even Aidan Trimble, guys mm-hmm. like that who are fantastic. But at the same time, they're big they, champions. They're champions. Yeah. That's it. And I think that with that top-down sort of way that karate is, everyone has sort of uh, been in awe of their competition prowess and tried mm. to recreate that in their dojo. So when it comes to sparring, when it comes to teaching kids how to spar you know, when they're practicing themselves, it does tend to be that point, you know, get that point in. And what I found was when I was hitting these white eye guys, I was, I was very fast, kick one of them in the face. 
I would switch off for a second, just habitually because you're used to hearing the yammy. Yeah. You know? And you hear that yeah. yammy and then they're coming and they don't care because they don't stop. They don't acknowledge that they've been hit in the head yeah. because they're trained to just, if they get hit in the head, unless it knocks you out, you keep going. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're, so they're still, so they would come in with like another six move combination. I'd be in a corner crying, going, no, let me out. Yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy. yummy. <laughs> I should be getting points. I scored a point. <laughs> um, and it was a difficult thing to get, um, to get out of your system, you know, that because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was something that, and also, I think point fighting and non full contact. Just something about that though. Uh, yeah. that, hold that thought yeah. because I was trying to. I was do. I have some brown belts in one of my Tuesday classes, and I was doing a kumite drill. Uh, I stole it from you. I was doing a bunch of the ones that I'd stole from uh, one of your previous competition classes, uh, just because I thought they'd enjoy moving around a bit and trying a few drills. And they tend to, they tended to finish the drill and then look at the ground, sort of stand up, shuffle back to where they were in the first place, and then start again. Mm. And I tried to tell them about Zanshin, but I don't even understand Zanshin, so I couldn't really explain it properly to them. So I just said, stay switched on for feck's sake. Don't, like, when it's over, that doesn't mean you can just stand up and walk around. Stay, you know, if you're moving back to the position, do it, do it as if you're still fighting, you know, move back, push off the front leg, stay in it. It's not over. Yeah. It's not over just because you finished the combo. Yeah, I see a great clip. Um, there's a big, big fights on. Uh, tomorrow night and one of the guys fighting it's the UFC uh, Robert Whitaker who comes from a Shotokan karate background cool. from Australia but uh, it was a great thing uh, he was on the Ultimate Fighter show and he was coaching this uh, previous this past season and he was talk, 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 uh, talking to the guys as they were doing you know some pad drills and stuff and said the, the drill that we're doing isn't finished until you're out in the safe zone yeah, you know, you're you're not finished until you're back out, yeah, and done. Like you're you're in a safe place, you know. Yeah, and I think that's something that's really good to get kids in the habit of is that it, just because you've hit someone, just because you've done what you've been asked to do, doesn't mean you're finished. You yeah. have to be able to stay back, get into that sort of distance where nobody can reach you, and then you can relax. Yeah, and I think it, you know? every combo should probably end with creating distance again, yeah. right? Shuffling back. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but speaking of pad work, right? Yeah, we do have a Kyokushin Yondan coming to our dojo soon. Yeah, so we like speaking of power work and the fact that we don't do enough of it. Um, one of Scott Sensei's many karate friends, one of them is uh, Kyokushin Yondan, and he's going to come in and do some pad work. With I'm us. really looking forward to that because I read that book recently by Nicholas Petas, The Blue-Eyed Samurai, about a Danish guy who goes to Tokyo for three years. He was Masoyama's last uchideshi. One of the first guys to do the 100-man kumite, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's a bit of a legend anyway, at least since I read that book. He's, all, he's also been a K1 champion. Yeah. Um, really, really impressive dude. But ever since I read that book, I've been kind of obsessed with Kyokushin and just how hard these guys are. So I'm super looking forward to this, this pad work session. Yeah, that should be yeah. good fun. I think um, I, I, I'm interested because, I, because I've done a lot of, pad work back in the day I'm interested to see if because one thing I've never done I've never trained with Kyokushin guys and mm. I want, I'm want i interested to see if there's any differences in how they train how they move how they throw techniques compared to the likes of the Muay Thai guys or the boxing guys or the, the kickboxing guys you know I think it'll be be interesting to see if there's any big difference there yeah for sure um, yeah that'll be interesting um, and we met the guy on the last day of Kangeko yeah we did uh, he didn't train though did he he just came along for the party 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only Scots friends can do that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so we, we finished, we got through it with no certificate. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's fair enough because, to be honest, if I didn't have to be there every day, oh, I would not have no, done the not full at all. thing. Not at all. That was hard. One of the longest weeks of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's always good once you've finished because you, you feel like you've achieved something. Wish I had a certificate to show it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I know. But uh, yeah, Kang Gecko, how, uh, describe the week for you. Uh, okay, uh, it was long. It? The early mornings were painful. Um, what else can I say? What else were the, the, the downsides? See if I can do like a best and worst. Worst was the early mornings, the lack of sleep. Trying to get my naps in in the middle of the day before my classes. Um... But the best was, I think there no, there is a real feeling of accomplishment with having with having done the whole thing. I know I'm talking about a certain that, that I didn't get one, but I I loved it. Um, all the different classes, like John's class was great, Scott's class was obviously great. Everybody brought something different to the table, and all the different classes we did were really good. I got to teach at Kangeko, my second time ever teaching adults here in the dojo, and I found that really fun. I was nervous as hell, but I got through it. Some people said they liked it, so I suppose it went okay. And uh, I liked it. Thanks, man. And uh, what else? Obviously, the last day was fantastic. The sense of community in the dojo, you know, and, and our Swedish friends that really uh, integrated themselves really well. Not to forget the Danes. We had two Danes over. Those guys were cool, too. They were friendly. Yeah, like, that's probably the best thing about it is having people travel to try come and train with us. Mm-hmm. Anytime we have new people in the dojo, it's always good fun, you know? Um I find it like a personal, like a, it personally motivates me to, you know, stay on top of the game mm-hmm. in terms of like teaching, if they're coming to train in one of my classes or in terms of just training, you know, like anytime you've got new people, you got to go, like again, that ego of mine goes, mm-hmm. uh, you got you got to show them how good you are, you know. We had a lot that. of people in the morning in the, the instructor's training after Kangeko this this week, that yeah. week gone by. And you um, got you got just and it's an extra little motivator. Like well, mm-hmm. I was trying to, uh, we had done a Facebook live, and I was trying to say yeah, something. Yeah, right. yeah, Everyone yeah. was already laughing at me and cutting me off and making it sound like I was going to say something bad. And I was laughing so much I couldn't actually get out what I was trying to say. <laughs> well, you were to trying say. to let on that we don't normally train that's that not, hard. That's not what I was well, going to do. Okay. That's what everyone, so, everyone folks, just in case you haven't to that seen, conclusion. Just in case you haven't seen the, the Facebook Live that we did on the last day of Kangeko, Ross was doing his best and worst. And he said the best was having extra people in instructor's training, by which he means our Scandinavian visitors, because it motivated us to train harder than we normally do. And we were saying, stop saying that, you're going to let on that we don't normally before, train that like Before, like you, again, nobody let me finish. They immediately were going, don't say no, don't do it. Well, like, panic for the record, what, what I was do you trying to that? say was that when we have guests in the morning, it's always an extra motivator to make us train that little bit harder. We always train hard. But when we have someone else in the dojo, you have that little extra motivation to just push a little bit harder than you normally would. That's all it is. Like I get it. We train hard. It's just that little tiny bit harder when we've got someone in there. Yeah. Because you want to, you know, prove that you're fitter, faster, stronger. You that you want to prove to yourself that you're you're faster than anyone else that comes into the dojo. It's not just for us as well. You could say it's for them. Like they came yeah. to experience our dojo, so we're going to put That's on a it. show, right? And I mean, like we're not doing any di- any special new training. Like it's the training we no. do every week. But <laughs> instead of doing thirty reps, you end up doing thirty-two. Instead of doing thirty my you do thirty-two my in 
20 seconds or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. That little extra Ross push. Sensei is talking about Tabata training where it's 30 seconds on, 10 seconds off. And if you, uh, well, we tend to count our own personal reps for every round and if you can get if you get and get if you can get in 32 my garys in 20 seconds that's pretty good that's, that's fast that's fast yeah yeah yeah, yeah that that would that would be going full pelt on the first round <laughs> that's what I always do yeah. man. I, that, oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying we never learn because nobody else kicks as fast nobody else is moving as fast <laughs> you're like oh god why am I why am I doing this to myself why are we doing this yeah, yeah. But I that suppose. was what I was trying to say before everyone was like, getting into trouble. Um, but yeah, Kanagiga was great. Uh, the downside for me, again, is eventually you're seeing the same people like, three times a day. Like at some, at some points, man, you're just need to like fucking yummy, give me a yeah. break from. And it's not, and it's not the guests. It's the people that you see every day. Like I see, I'm in the dojo every day. I see these people every day, like. And seeing them an extra three hours a day, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite you know it can be quite taxing, you know, like um and uh, and the reason you're seeing them though is because of their support of the dojo, the love of the dojo, the love of karate. So you forgive it quite quickly, but sometimes you know just when you're tired, it's first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. and someone comes up and says something to you, you're just like fuck off. <laughs> Are you an introvert, Ross? I, I think like believe it or not, yes, I am. Yeah. Um, you not, wouldn't think you that. wouldn't let on because I'm no, a no, big, no. loud egomaniac. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a mystery, Ruth. Yeah, <laughs> and not exactly a topic for a karate podcast, but I think I'm an introvert too. And other people don't think so. Yeah, but Gangeg was fun. Uh, I enjoyed teaching everyone. I, I actually got invited to teach in Sweden out of it, which was very nice. nice. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm going to do that in August. Um, so that'll be cool so you got a few gigs lined up now I do man I was actually I just confirmed the dates for Macedonia yesterday oh, looking forward to that so I got cool. the guy the guy um, sure you don't need a, an UK to go with you <laughs> you can if you, you're covering my classes <laughs> if only mm. but yeah like um, I, I got a vid- guy was sending me a few videos of the area that I'm going to be staying in mm. it is stunning man Macedonia looks amazing I'm really looking forward to that um, that's this summer right yeah yeah I've just got uh, dates and everything booked up to go to Denmark I'm going to teach in Denmark in March next month oh really uh, yeah cool. I'm going to teach there uh, which will be which will be great I'm really f- looking forward to that and of yeah. course are you going to the same club that's hosting us for the summer camp that is the same the same one absolutely the um, summer camp so now this is going to be the third time uh, HTKI is going to have a summer camp that's now become an annual summer camp in Order in Denmark. Um, oh. I got to go last year. It was amazing. I mean, uh, if you get a chance to to have a, a look, there's there's some pictures and stuff on on Facebook. I'm sure on the HDKI website. But the grounds that the, the the most impressive thing for me was the the location. I mean, it's a college campus. The apartments are spotless. The canteen and stuff spotless. The sports hall is too clean. It was so clean <laughs> then. Like you know that way where the floor was so clean. There was no like you know how you get that dust that sort of that little, the lint on your feet yeah yeah. yeah 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 and it just helps you you know when you want to like that first move in Hyanyeon then when you're sliding out and stuff there's none of that so everyone you could hear everyone's feet sticking in by like the second day everyone had their feet taped up because their feet taped up to high heaven because their skin had just been ripped off man. ooh that's not good so it's too too clean <laughs> <laughs> the floor was too clean but um, I mean that's a good complaint to have really guess so. Um, and but the the college campus, uh, the the rooms, the accommodation, 
literally like and i'm not even joking like literally a two minute walk from the beach oh imagine going to college there warm water um nice nice beaches nice white sand it was a it was lovely every morning we got up we got to do some nice kata on the beach as the sun's rising um in the water we go for for the last bit you know (laughs) just to to test your 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 focus you know and it was it was great fun um the the hosts are great the guy those guys over in denmark are lovely lovely people the food was fantastic um i think we paid we paid like a a one-off fee for the accommodation and the course and uh, it was all inclusive you know Uh, well this year it's all inclusive for the 2019 summer camp the uh course accommodation and three square meals are all included in the price which i think is 195 euros for hdki members really man if you try not bad for four days if you try and eat three times a day in dublin four times like for, for four days I mean, that's easily fucking breaking the bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's you way more the, than 190. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Never yeah. mind training with some excellence. Yeah, got Rick and Houghton, this year we've got Rick Houghton, Simon Bly, Simon Bly and Sokoto Langley. Scott, Scott Sensei. Scott Sensei. Um, so, so, yeah, it's going to be great fun. Um, I got to teach that course last year, so I've t- taught these guys before. They're a great bunch, really high level. And everyone over there, like, we all enjoy it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um our mates Donal and AJ got to go grade over there that was really cool um, just to help them along with it I had to do committee with them so it was nice to to be a part of that we were sort of building up nicely to the camp we managed to get over there train hard party harder it was great man it was good good uh, really nice so I'm lo- looking forward to going teaching there in March and I'm looking forward to that camp this, this summer I think I don't know now nobody said anything but I think I'm going to be allowed to go this year too yeah, I think, I think we're going to shut the dojo for the weekend. Yes! Yeah, shut the dojo. I'd love to go. Because... Pack the dogies karate I don't, I don't know if we're allowed to say this now, but we're going to say it anyway. You're going to say it? You're going we're, to break some news? There's going to be break, some... Well, I don't news? know if it's my... It's certainly not my news to break. It's just... I have a feeling there's going to be some gradings at this course this year. Yeah, I've heard a rumour. Yeah? I heard a rumour that... Uh, I think I know the guy's grading. So, 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 <laughs> I heard a rumour that there may, be, there may be someone going for a wee knee down. Yeah, um, yeah, at yeah. some point, maybe I don't know if it's <laughs> going to be at the camp. But I know this year, there's, yeah, there's a wee need on the cool horizon for someone. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, he's talking about me, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so Rue, Rue may be on. He's he maybe on the road to Needan. The road to Needan. Sorry, I've only finished half the. Okay, more than half this beer. But anyway, um, so how how is the the road to Needan going, Rue? Oh, what can I say? Uh, it's hard to know. It's um, I don't know where on the road I am because there's, there, I feel like there's so much that needs improving. I feel a little bit overwhelmed sometimes when I think about it. So I try not to think about it. Yeah. I'm just generally trying to improve all the time, trying to put in the hours training, except when other stuff gets in the way. But I'll get back to that. That's part of my fails of the week, which we'll get to <laughs> later. Um, so, yeah, when, when stuff interferes with my training, it gets a bit frustrating so I think I'm I think I'm nervous. I think it's it's frustrating me when I when I feel like I'm not on the right path. Uh so yeah, trying to stay focused and trying to stay committed to improving is is really what I need right now. Uh, focusing on on any particular points. I know I mentioned on a previous uh when we were interviewing Andrea Sensei. I don't know if you folks will have heard that yet or not, but uh I mentioned that I was working on my mawashi gary, but my wash mawashi gary is still pretty shite. 
So yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad, folks. So, I- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe I need to hone hone in on some stuff. Well, I definitely do, but um, mm-hmm. well, you could. Well, I've chosen my kata, right? Well, my kata was chosen for me. I'm doing MP. MP. So I so every now MP. and then. If I've got some time to myself during morning training, say if if uh, if we're having a, a loosey goosey do whatever you please morning session, I'll just be doing MP with a weight vest on, or I'll get the tubes and I'll practice switching those shutos in that in that section in MP or stuff like that. So I know what to focus on kata wise. I know what to focus on kumite wise because it's going to be freestyle. That's why I'm enjoying doing the stuff with the gloves and the and the and the pads on. I think that's going to benefit me. Yeah, that's all I've got to say about that yeah. for now. I need a, I need till um, I need to wait until I'm told what to focus on. I think. I think. Um, I mean, Nidan's a it's got set syllabus to it. Yeah. Yeah. We've got we've got a set syllabus to it. But I mean, we've practiced that a few times before, and you're pr- f- f- trying to hone your technique every class. So I don't think I think it's just you know make sure you peak at the right time. You know, don't overtrain. Um, leading up to it, I think that's something that I've done in the past is overtrain for for things, competitions, greens. I think mm. sometimes uh, you get so fixated on something that you you don't realize how hard you're pushing yourself. Um, and I think that right now is the time to really train hard because, I mean, if it if it's at the summer, if it's at Christmas, you know, now is the time to train hard so that you can sort of take like peak at the right time. Just just you know, you can take your foot off the gas a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, your body recovers, you feel nice and strong, mm-hmm. but you've still got all the benefits of the hard training that you've done. So I think if you're doing an MP with fucking weight vests on, tubes for certain parts of the kata, if you're training every, you know, evening sparring with us and stuff every morning, I think that that's uh, the right this is the right time to do it. Really push it hard for the next few months, you know? Yeah, and then Sounds good. Come after, but I think yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I heard recently that uh, if you're training for an upcoming event like a grading or a competition, you you do max volume far away from the event, and then when you're close to the event, you do less volume but higher intensity. Yeah, yeah. So taking a few days off yeah. here and there, and like, yeah. I think uh, yeah, because I mean you're like because if you're doing you know training every if you're training every day and you're training 100% every day I mean you're only training for what at the most 45 minutes of work it's a 45 like and that's yeah. with other people doing their katas other other grades going up like it's just a set it's just a set syllabus of kihon maybe what five five minutes of kumite and then two katas I mean it's not a lot I forgot there was going to be another kata <laughs> Do you know all the, all the I know the, the, the No, I only have to know the four. But I said I can't could I know I your hands, yeah. Make sure you get your hands. Yeah, they're not gonna ask me for a hand, are uh, they? they? I would think the the last two Niran grains I've watched they'd ask them for uh hian. Oh, okay. Well, I know them anyway. <laughs> think, uh, cool. But yeah, I, I do I think, teach kids. And I think MP MP is a good one for you. I mean, how much do you weigh? Like sixty-three and a half kilos. Jeez, sixty-three and a half. Kilos. I know. Maybe I haven't weighed myself in ages. Yeah. So, like, yeah, but I think yeah, that's one where it's, there's a lot of changing of height, changing of direction. I think that that's a good one for someone as light as you. Yeah. You fly like the swallow. Like the swallow in <laughs> the swallow that Funakoshi told of. <laughs> okay, let's uh, switch the focus over to you and the road to Yondan. Yondan. There have been whispers. Well. In the hallways it's, of the dojo, it's that <laughs> where I am. I am definitely I am eligible to grade for it, but um, I'm not going to grade for it until I'm told. I've never been motivated by grades ever. Like I, I think the last I was motivated for my showdown. I got my showdown. I remember um, tra- training 
ridiculously high for my uh, for my Nidan uh, grade, and I trained so so hard for it. And I remember on the day it was before I had met Scott. It, bef- it was before the karate world had really been exposed. I was a very good competitor, very good at competition karate. I trained very hard. I was very fast, very strong, and I did give it the best that I could. Um, but I remember people who passed that day like I think everyone passed I don't think anyone failed and I remember going I trained so hard for this and they've just given it to everyone like they've just given it away to people who were forgetting katas to people who were messing up their lefts and rights messing up their keyhorns and uh, and things like that not doing the right techniques and I was just like you know you might not be technically the best but at least at least know your stuff like if you're making mistakes in your chosen kata mm-hmm. you should I think you should fail straight like in my opinion like and that's not the case everyone has a different story everyone has a there's a different standard for everyone depending on their circumstances you got there's so much more to take into account which I've learned recently is that not everyone is training as hard as a full-time instructor not everyone is training as regularly and everyone not everyone's physically able the same way that some people are so the standards are always there's always a personal side to gradings I think but I think if you make a mistake in the cat that you've chosen, I mean, that's that, that's a fail. That, yeah, that sounds upsetting to me. I guess, it, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, I suppose this is a bit of a cliche, but um, you got to know your own level. So you were you were given your knee down on the same yeah. day that a lot of people who you think shouldn't have passed passed. Yeah. But you know yourself, you earned it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I also thought that like this is this didn't feel it, it took away that all that hard work and stuff felt like I pushed myself really hard, which I was proud of. But I also felt like I did I, I could have got this without having to, which upset me a lot. Not not the fact that I didn't I was proud of myself for training hard, but I was upset at the fact that that didn't make a difference. Mm. You know, well, it made a difference uh, in your karate if you're training hard. Yeah, you're I mean, I, I mean that's a very, a very positive outlook. But that, yeah. but it was a dampener. You know, like, yeah. it's happy because oh, no, I, yeah. I was happy with myself. Yeah, and I did, and I did feel like I deserved it and and all that. But at the same time, I was like, it was such a, I was such a letdown just to, to I don't know. I think it was a, a in a selfish way to not be acknowledged for that extra effort you know mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe um, to a certain degree and I think that I remember then I was watching a grading happen with a very senior Japanese instructor grading people for their yon dance and their go dance and I remember one of the guys going for go dance forgot Gion twice and still passed and I remember looking at, and I was only a, a boy at this time but I remember looking going Wow, that's that's so and so sensei. I'm not gonna say the name. Mm-hmm, but I was mm-hmm. like, that's that's I thought he was like considered the man, you know? Yeah, yeah. I remember what and he passed him and I was like, This is just about money. None of this matters. And that was my attitude towards so I didn't grade after I got my knee down, I didn't grade for for what at the time felt like forever. Um until I moved over here and I graded with the WTKO in 2014, 15, 15, 15, 2015. That's not right. Yeah, no, because it's 2019 yeah. now. Yeah. Yep. 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with Richard Sensei, Steve Ubel Sensei, Scott Sensei, um, and a whole, and Scott Middleton Sensei. Nice. Um, John Mullen Sensei. I think they were all on the panel, so that was a very high level panel. That's a nice panel. And people were failing. I remember, like, for, like I remember, because I felt 
leading up to it, I didn't feel too bad because I thought I'm training the most squats since every day. Technically, there's I'm not doing anything that's completely wrong. Unless I mess up on the day, it, I should be alright because I'm training really hard every day and I was confident in my own abilities, my technical ability. Um, and I remember training, like, busted my ass before it, busted my ass on the day, fought really well, katas went f- okay considering that, you know, kumite is really my thing. I thought the katas were alright. Um, McKeon, I think, was okay. But I remember people going through the show and as people were failing, and I was like, oh my god, people, like, they're they're ruthless, you know? Yeah, they're on the warpath. And I remember he was, <laughs> uh, I remember Rich Nemo says he was listing all the things that needed to be improved, and I thought, oh my god, I failed. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I've not got it. Oh, yeah. wow. That was a wake up call. But then he said, but other than that, other, other than that big massive list of things, you're on the right track. So, yes, yeah, Sandan Pat. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh my god, thank you. Uh, and thank I, you know I'm back in back the in the feedback. day I read this in what's the name of that guy who wrote uh, um, Zen in movement or movement in what's the name of that book Moving Zen Moving Zen there yeah. we go he said that they used to like hundreds of them would go to a black belt grading and they all had to sit in Seiza for hours while one by one they got up to do their thing or maybe not one by one but anyway sitting down for eight and then um, the grading was finished and. They wouldn't tell you. They wouldn't. You definitely didn't get told on the day if you passed or not. Yeah. And the, just for for Steve Nichols, oh, what's his name? The guy that wrote something Nichols. Um, for the guy that wrote the book, it was like next week someone just came up to him and goes, "Oh, by the way, congratulations." And he goes, "What? You passed that day when you graded for black belt?" He <laughs> was like, "Oh, well, thanks for yeah. mentioning it." <laughs> I don't know if I can handle waiting to find like I struggle waiting for an Amazon order. Never mind a <laughs> grade, you know. Um, but but I was never motivated by grades. So now when I'm eligible for it, eligible for the on Dan, um, I'm going to wait until it's okay. You're grading on this date, you know. I'll wait till I'm told. I'm not going to ask to be graded. I'm mm-hmm. not going to ask mm-hmm. because I'm due it. It will be when. Sensei decides it's it's earned, you know. I see. Um, and what? But well, in terms of if, it, but I have to be ready just in case, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it could be sprung upon you. So the rumors are going. To, so there has been whispers. So I have been training um, for it. I've um, I there's a guy that we have an excellent fighter, um, Christoph, mm-hmm. um, who is the former Cameroon team captain. And, man, to watch him move when he fights, he's one of the best fighters I've ever seen. Even out of all the sport karate guys I've seen, he has a combination of that sort of fluid sports karate movement and speed with the power of, you know, those old school guys, you know, Yahara and all these guys back in the day. I mean, he is ferocious. Like, yeah, um, So yeah, me and him yeah. are, are starting as of next week, starting sparring once a week, just each other, just going to meet up, lock the doors and just... Beat up each other for, for a good He's bit. a good guy to have in the dojo, yeah. We've got some real yeah. gems in this dojo. Guys that come along yeah. with a, a unique kind of set of talents or speciality. Yeah, Christoph is one of those guys. Yeah, so Christoph, I'm going to spar with Christoph uh, once a week, hopefully once a week. And I'm sure that no matter who gets put up in front of me, when the time comes to grade, uh, I'm, I'm sure they won't be as scary as Christoph, so nice. <laughs> it'll be fine. And um, we've got the wonderful Tommy Sensei in the dojo all the time, Kata extraordinaire. So yeah. um, I'm going to him to ask him to watch my cat all the time, and uh, you know I go through ideas of application and stuff, and um, I, I walk through 
starting to walk through all the like a lot of the more obscure cats that we don't really practice that often just mm-hmm. in case you know you get asked something mm-hmm. out of the ordinary so yeah i'm i'm, I'm all, i always train hard but i'm starting to be a little bit more specific a little bit more sort of a little bit more direction to the training kind of the opposite of me where i just need to focus on generally improving mm. it's mm. It's, a, it's a little bit more tailored to you know that specific goal in mind yeah um but yeah i mean i think uh, when it comes down to it you know at this level you know when it gets to past sandan level when it goes to yondan godan um or above i think it's you are that grade already when the time comes to grade for it i think that you don't get told to go for it you don't go for it unless you're already there so i think when the time comes that's the action i'm going to you know they're just asking me to show my karate and i'll show I my agree. karate and mm. i'll justify my karate and hopefully that will be deemed you don't want to be a chancer no. you don't want to go Ooh, maybe i could pass a yondan grading no. <laughs> and it's that way where like yondan's the first one where there's no kihon and the reason that there's no kihon is because you should have you should start to develop your own style mm-hmm. your own ideas that's the you know, idea that start to dip into the to the the, the re start of, the shuhari. of the shuhari, you know, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So, so that's uh, I think uh, if it does happen this year, um, I'm tailor, I'm starting to tailor my training towards that a little bit. You know? Exciting times! It's going to be an exciting year. Yeah, yeah. We've got whispers of gradings coming up, and man, do we like for 2019? I think is going to be a nice year for this dojo for HDKI. Certainly brains, in Ireland, our karate brains are going to be fried. Because because we have so many good sensei coming to visit us this year. Ridiculous. We've got a list right here. We've got a list of senseis. Like, we, we, and we, this isn't even all of them. We just jotted down. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've got always, like, we always have Rick Houghton sensei over yeah, once a year. Yeah, he's a mainstay. Who, who's the, who's the, the, the hippie sort of mind blower yeah. when it comes to karate. I, d- you know? I doubt there's anybody listening who isn't familiar with Rick Houghton. Yeah. One I mean, of the most famous karate guys out there at the moment, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and uh, so he comes every year and it's always it's always good fun. Last year he done um he he done his usual like what he works on in terms of his own training of karate, which is very unique to him. Um his kind of ripple uh, I think it's like a ripple effect he does. He always has those sound effects that he uses and he uses it to describe the feeling of how his body's moving when he's hitting something, when he's moving, when he's defending, when he's attacking. Um which is always good fun. And he done a bit of his Aikido, which is always a nice a nice sort of like what we we're talking about earlier, a nice little bit of cross training that we get to do. Cheers, man. Um and but he done for the first time ever for, for the us. first time and he it done, was fantastic he Sochin which is myself and Tommy says his favourite kata and I mean it, Scott says Sochin is fantastic but Rick Houghton done it and he wasn't saying anything that contradicted Scott Sensei nothing that Scott Sensei hasn't already said but it's just the way he got you to feel the kata was his own unique rickness and it was off the Richter scale. It was and it was ridiculous. It was it was fantastic. Like it was something that um was definitely unique. It was definitely the same like the same kata that I've practiced time and time again done in a completely different way. It was fan it was fantastic. But done not differently, just taught differently, right? It was just it was just it was completely different in the sense that it's the exact same thing with a completely unique perspective on it you know mm-hmm. it was really really insightful still try and 
capture a little bit of it every time I do it. Um, it was it was great, you know. So we got Rick Houghton. He's here in September, I think. Um, and let's try and get him to teach kata again when he comes over. Uh, I mean, because you imagine Rick doing a bit of goju shiho sho. Ah, I mean, that'd be sweet. That'd be so. <laughs> that'd be deadly. Um, yeah, I'd love it. Uh, who else have we got coming this year? JD Swanson for the first JD time. JD Swanson, yeah. I mean, I, I met JD. I was over teaching in America and on a little teaching tour. And it was when I was in, uh, where was I? Pittsburgh. I was in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and uh, with Riva. Shout out to Riva Sensei. Um, love Riva. Very lovely, lovely lady. Um, but she is a JD fanatic. Mm. And uh, I can understand why, just on a personality point of view, because he is lovely. He's a nice <laughs> He's chap. Lovely, lovely guy. Good. I arrived at Reva's house. I was staying at Reva's place uh, the night and teaching the next morning. JD was already there and he had a beer in hand waiting for me coming <laughs> through the door. And I was like, you know what? You're a good guy. <laughs> How to get on Ross's good side. Have beer ready. <laughs> um, well, he's written this book. Is it called The Science of Karate or Karate Science or Karate Science? Karate Science, yeah. Yeah, and that like... Principles the, of Movement, I think. The, yeah. um, the illustrations look really nice in it. Yeah, I've, I've got, only thumbed through it. We've got a copy it. in the library. There. We do, yeah. It's in. Uh, I think it's in the boss's office. Ooh, see, secret library. Yeah, see, the forbidden <laughs> section for you Harry Potter fans. Out there. Um, but yeah, so he um, he is uh, he teaches the uh, colleges. He teaches the collegiate karate in uh-huh. uh, DC. I think I think he teaches in DC, um, and he is. A very, I think a very interesting style. I think he's he's very much taken under, uh, ta- been taken under by Steve Ubel, ah. Sensei. Um, he's trained with him a lot. Um, There's worse people to learn from. Very true. Um, so I think his karate is very, um, from what I've seen, very application based, very practical. Um, it is very pure and its, and uh, its execution. Um, and I'm looking forward to. I never got to actually, uh, train with them or or get taught by when I was over there because I was doing all the teaching but uh, I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward mm. to, to having him over uh, just just if anything just to, to see him again because he is a lovely guy and from Canada coming to our spring course which occurs at the end of March this year is Guy Brodeur Guy Brodeur Sensei yeah. um, again very very lovely man a little bit more intimidating than JD. <laughs> I have to say so myself. But he's another Ubelite. He's another. He's another one from the Ubel. Ubel the Ubel school. Yeah, Ubel the Ryu. school of Ubel. Um, he's also <laughs> been influenced a great deal by Steve Sensei, uh-huh. and it shows as well. Um, unlike JD, I got to train under Guy when he was over here in the dojo, and mm. he is he's excellent. He's a strong he's, man. He he has a, an excellent blend of that sort of competition style and that very traditional pure form pure practical karate style like he he can do all the fancy kicks he can do all the fancy very athletic techniques and and moves and he can also kill you with his pinky yeah, finger yeah he can do some brutal <laughs> stuff too like he really, is really he is fantastic one. so if you uh, yeah if you're in town guys please come and train with him and we've got him over in march the twi- no the 30th and the 31st it's the last weekend in march yeah so so for we have a big grading on in march and he's going to be there teaching for that i'm really looking forward to that mm-hmm. he he done an excellent class just on how to, it was a great one just uh, my favorite class how to hit people really hard that's my favorite type that's of training that's the kind of stuff that's we need to do favorite. <laughs> just how, how, this is how you hit someone really hard um, so we've got Guy here Guy's fantastic so that's jd swanson Guy brother Rick Jackson is visiting us this year. We've had Rick Jackson over a few times now. Um, 
he's actually he actually became a member of the HDK, uh, yeah, which is really cool. Now, yeah. That was really cool. Uh, awesome Jackson, having someone HDKI. like that. Very awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, but Rick Jackson, I mean, he is he's just a wealth of knowledge. You know, he's just like his karate classes always seem to be the most tiring not because of what you're doing physically but you're mentally like always like a race car that's always on that red line you know that that mm-hmm. point where the edge is just about to blow up like I think that that's what that's what he always has you on that that red line you're always like ready to kill someone at any second in his classes he has you he gets you into this mindset of kill or be killed fucking samurai mode and you're trying to maintain the principles of what he's talking about as he's doing it but a lot of his stuff is mental training you know and mm. that is that is very unique to him I think and it's very interesting I've heard people say similar things about training with the like uh, well I've I've heard people say just that about Anoida the late Anoida that it's just impossible to slack off when he's when he's standing up there at the top yeah you just um, it's, it's say same. what you like about Anoida you know technically speaking but uh, nobody slacks off when Anoida's up there mm. right I think, and I think the same can be said with Rick Jackson. I think, I, I, like me, the best of my, I, I train. I like to train very hard, but I also like to have fun when I train. Uh-huh. So you know, any chance to to make someone crack a smile, I do. You know, I'm very light-hearted in the dojo most of the time. Yeah, not in Rick Jackson's class. <laughs> <laughs> no messing about, Jackson. right? No, 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 no. 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 Samurai never, mode. Never. When I say make people <laughs> laugh, I mean. While still training very hard, yeah, you know, sure. I'm still yeah. doing. I'm still executing everything to the best of my ability. But no, eh, I'll never, <laughs> never crack a smile in a big Jesse class. Right. Ever. Wow. I can't wait. I've never met that guy. I've met met Guy Broder. Never met Rick Jackson. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We've talked about Rick Hutton already. He's coming over to visit us, and for the first time, we're gonna have. What's his first name? Does he have a first name? Morad. Morad. <laughs> I think Morad, Morad is his surname. Morad Sensei. I cannot recall his first name at the moment. Uh, I, I am he's a guy we've been following online a, for a while. I am his Facebook friend. I can't, I can't, Go on, look him up. But he's a guy we've it. been following on Instagram and YouTube, and uh, he is the head of KWF Algeria. KWF being Yahara Sensei's international organization. Yeah, Morad. And his style is... Mora, oh, Morad's his first name, and his second name is Sahia or something like that. S A I H A I. Sahia. So uh, terrible pronunciation, but Morad Sensei. Morad. <laughs> Morad Sensei. Oh, we're gonna get spinning hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. So one, he but, does a really, yeah. a really nice, um, a really, really nice sort of iteration of Yahara style karate. I mean, he's physically. I think. I think out of all the guys we've got, um, you know, I think he. Does the the he executes karate in the most physically impressive way in yeah. terms of just watching him? You just you just look at everything Morad does. Like his kicks are unbelievable. His ferocity when he demonstrates is is excellent. Mm-hmm. And he and not also is it is it like it's great to watch, but you technically can't fault it. You know, like I, yeah. I was watching and comparing like you know the stuff that Scott Sensei tells us to watch for like breaking center lines and all these sort of stuff it's like you always look at the top guys and, and see oh, let's see if we can spot anything because you know everyone fought I've never seen them fault anywhere um, he is fantastic mm. and um, he's technically really, pretty excellent that's the one if I'm with maybe so bold to say I am really looking forward to that Oh yeah, because I've trained with mo- all these guys. Everyone that's coming before, I've never trained with Morad Sensei, so mm. I'm a bit of a Morad fanboy. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> I, I, I love all these videos. I watch them time and time again. Yeah, uh, 
yeah, it's yeah great. I can't wait to. Yeah, it's going to be really good fun. Um, and the last that we have, the the fight, the to round off the year, we have the legend Kawawada Sensei. Yes, all the way from Japan, coming to us uh, in the Christmas time for our Christmas courses. Um, trained well, with well in advance. Well in advance, yeah. Uh, we got I got to train with him in Japan at the Hoitsgan uh, this uh, last October. Um, it was fantastic um, just to be in the hoist again itself I mean there's so much history that's like the the mecca of karate I think um, and we got to go there which was deadly we got to train with him which was excellent he was very um, he had a lot of nice drills he, he, we went through a lot of kata with him he got us to talk about inner thigh muscle squeeze and it was nice to be sort of told by someone like him that we're on the right track which is what he says you know it was very nice um, nice i'm looking forward to training with him again he's a very lovely man and a, obviously a karate legend so let me read off his blurb we've got some uh, some literature here in the dojo advertising our christmas course which folks takes place on takes place on the 4th and 5th of december uh 2019 Kawawade Sensei is a product of the golden age of the JKA. A graduate of Takusoku University and the Kenshusei program, he went on to develop into a formidable competitor, becoming grand champion at both the JKA All Japan and the JKA World Championships. After many years teaching and working at the JKA headquarters, he now dedicates his time to teaching at Nakayama Sensei's personal dojo, the famous Hoitsugan. Kawawada Sensei has a generous and humorous teaching style, and HDKI are honoured to host him in Ireland for the first time. His first time in Ireland. Mm. Nice. He's yeah. going to love it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's going to be a cool one. So, yeah, for all you Japanophiles out there, don't miss that one. Yeah, yeah no, he's a legend. And look, folks, two days, 35 euro. How do you like that? That's, that's cheaper than a that's burger cheap, over here. Yeah. <laughs> that's a cheap Christmas course, folks. <laughs> so yeah, come along to that. Yeah, of course it's open, you know, regardless of affiliation, Scott, as all our stuff is. All love. Is Scott says he's going to pay his extra for all this advertising that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't, we can't be the HDKI Hombu Dojo podcast sponsored by HDKI. We can't, we can't sponsor ourselves. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all that shameless plugging... <laughs> I feel dirty. I feel dirty. Hey, a sponsor would be nice though. We yeah, sponsor, get yeah. in touch with Hirota or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Come and listen to, to we'll sell your stuff to our two subscribers. Hajime one, maybe some of those people. Hajime, out there. yeah. Or Stu, maybe the Stu, I just done a wee article for Stu. Um it's up now on the Hajime page. Check let's, it out. Let's not plug too many people now I'm, I'm, before I'm, they've paid. Hajime. Yeah, but no, oh, I, folks do look up Hajime One because Ross Sensei just wrote a nice little piece for them and I thought it was very eloquent and, and nicely put. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. So, I think it's uh, about time to to come to that, that my favourite segment, <laughs> <laughs> which is the Fails of the Week. Fails of the Week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had a, I had a fail yesterday. Um, Tell me. It's a pretty embarrassing one. Uh, and I apologise to Scott Sensei. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I, go, I, I left the the house to come to teach my four o'clock class. Um, and I reached the top of the lane and realised that I had left the house without my dojo keys. The dojo was locked up. I had to run back to the house and run back. And by the time I got here, everyone had arrived at five to four for the class. Waiting <laughs> so, outside the dojo. Yeah, and my four o'clock class is quite busy. Ooh. So to come around the cor- corner with 
parents holding on to their kids in the cold. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Tail between your legs. The kids, the kid, like kids have no fear. They're just like, Rosie, why are you so late? Why are you such a failure? Why are you so bad? You're such a bad person. I'm so cold. I'm like, oh my god, guys, I'm so sorry. But um, yeah, that was that was always it's always embarrassing because all the parents are just like the parents are lovely. They're always mm-hmm. just like, ah, don't worry about it. Forgot your keys, been there. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. Uh, but you still feel terrible it's such, yeah. such shame, shame you're supposed to be a professional Russ <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah fail fail what's your fail Rick? oh my goodness <laughs> okay so uh, it was Tuesday no my, my, my fail comes in two parts <laughs> two parts yeah Tuesday. it was Tuesday I was teaching my classes my five o'clock cla- here in the dojo my five o'clock class was just kicking off and a beautiful woman walked in the door and uh, her English was a bit broken, and she explained to me that she'd, she'd come to train some karate. And I said, well, I'm, I'm teaching kids right now, the adult classes at 7 o'clock. You come back later, Ross Sensei is teaching at 7 o'clock. And she says, no, 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 I just wanted to come and say hello. And I was like, oh, hi. So, you know, she wanted to chat a little bit, and, and, and I, I explained, you know, I told her when all the adult classes was on. She told me she'd done experience in karate. Anyway, chatting away, and, and my, oh, my, 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 what it was my mixed juniors class so i have a whole bunch of yellow green and purple belts on the dojo all lined up waiting for me and i just wanted to lean against the counter talking to this pretty woman for a while because uh like she was something else pretty she's very pretty and uh and eventually i had to go teach and she said she'd she'd come by for training and um and and then uh thursday night came around and i had to skip training why because I'm in rehearsals for a play. I'm musical director for a musical, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean for a musical piece of theatre. And uh, so I was at these rehearsals and, uh, and, and that was the day that the beautiful Japanese woman decided to, to show up for training. And uh, I missed it. I missed my opportunity. You missed your opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. So um, I was at training. You saw her, yeah, so you yeah, know got, what I'm talking I got, about. I got to meet her, yeah. yeah. She was nice. Big fail. He body. Because I was really excited. Her name, she's very, very nice. She's Sandan. She's Sandan? Sandan, Was yeah. she any good? She was, uh, for someone who hasn't done it in a few years, she was very good. Really? Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. and sharp? Um, good kick. Oh, no. she, she kicked me quite hard in the Ooh. stomach. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, good. But so yeah, I feel, I feel was, quite upset a, about that. That was quite a fail. Yeah. <laughs> People don't appreciate I, that. Trust me, guys. That was a fail. <laughs> yeah, because I had all kinds of ambitions, you know. <laughs> making friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. But uh, she, she did tell me she's only here for three weeks, so, you know, maybe she'll never come back. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's my uh, fail of the week. Yeah, fail of the week. So, um, guys, as always, if you have any questions, anything you want us to cover, um, we'll, we're going to start answering uh, karate questions next week. Yes. Um, so, get questions and anything you want to ask us, anything you want us to look up, research, and just anything in general. It could be about Ru's personal life, <laughs> hair. <laughs> could, could, could be about uh, you don't what, what, know, what life is like in Ross Common. Oh, God. <laughs> it could be like a, a South African heritage. It could, could be anything. Or it could be, you know, karate related or any sort of martial art. 
Um, we we will we will talk about literally anything. Or just send us in your own opinions, and maybe we'd like we'll to tell you how wrong you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or we yeah. can support you. Anything you want us to chat about, anything you want our opinions on, send them in. We will try and answer just about everyone uh, at one point or another. Let us plug your karate courses. Yeah, okay, if, and competitions uh, and, your, and events. And your dojos. If you send us a question, we will we will plug your dojo, your locations, all these things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it will, who knows, it may reach someone near you. This platform is your platform. <laughs> On that note, guys, deep bows and deep bows is all.